I don't really care. I'm only going to say this once. We're here just to part. We're here to take over. This is going to be fun. You're killing your father, Larry. The people know it. I see what all the excitement is about. Yeah, my man, I made it happen. Hi, I'm Paul. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Paul Show. My name is P-A-U-L Paul. And this is a very special episode because this is the first episode where you don't just have to listen to my voice. This is the first episode where we have a a guest inside Studio P. So uh, I'm joined by my friend Chandler Sturtz. What's up, Chan? Hey, not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have much of a choice there. The uh, the very first guest of the Paul Show. How does that feel? Yeah, I feel very honored. Um, I think when we look back on this in five to ten years, this will be the start <laughs> and really what kind of kicked off your stardom. So I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, one of the first stories that I want to, I want you to tell from your perspective first, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll jump in is, uh, when I started this podcast, I said, my name is P-A-U-L Paul. And that comes from a very specific moment in both of our lives. It does. And, uh, I, I want you to tell that story. Yeah, no, that's not just random. So that, uh, story, one of my favorite all time Paul memories was we were at, (laughs) A Skizzy Mars concert, and uh, you know, long story, long sh- uh, story short, we had had some fun beforehand, and Paul started getting sick at the concert. So, <laughs> you know, about halfway through the show, we look over and we can't see Paul, and uh, we assume he's getting sick. And turns out we were right. He gets back and uh, says he just got done throwing up in the recycling bin <laughs> at the concert here. Almost got kicked out, but managed to make it back in. Yeah, I. Uh turns out the same people that uh delivered jordan a pizza also delivered me one exactly true yeah yeah. mj paul same thing (laughs) indistinguishable but anyways uh so paul gets back to the concert we're all having a good time and this girl starts kind of dancing with paul and they're hitting it off and uh after the song she goes hey what's your name paul goes i'm paul and she goes what paul goes paul and she goes no what what and paul goes p-a-u-l paul And so this girl just had this guy screaming at her, spelling words for her, throw up on his breath. So I don't know. I'll, I'll let Paul hop in there, but might not have been the best first impression, but definitely not his worst. Uh, that's, that's a pretty accurate re- representation. I, um, there's still some gray areas to whether or not I actually did throw up in the recycling bin. It's not never been confirmed, <laughs> never been confirmed. But, uh, one of the, I, I just, I was so, f- so frustrated because i was like she was like what's your name paul what's your name paul and then i'm like i'm not saying it quietly like what what are you oh yeah i can't confirm he was yelling i was like how like how hard is this and uh and i at first i thought she had never heard english or heard the name before i'm like it's not it's out there like mccartney you know the the movie with the little alien um Th- those are usually my two go-tos paul <laughs> paul mccartney little alien uh I, I was so frustrated i was just like i, I didn't know how else to like get it across that like i think there's my no, name is paul there's and, no better way than spelling yeah, it out P-A-U-L paul so uh <laughs> once i started this podcast i was like you know what that's a drop that's hey, and, and long story short it worked out well because i think she stuck around for one more song so <laughs> <laughs> no no what, what happened was she said oh i'm gonna go grab another drink and then uh and then i never saw her again uh, yeah hey who knows i i took a look at her you might have dodged a bullet there <laughs> that's that's a fair that's a fair point that's a fair point have uh so i i mentioned michael jordan have you been watching the last dance i have i caught all 10 episodes there so what'd you think yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm a big LeBron is the go and MJ's, you know, one B. Uh, but yeah, I th- MJ's a pussy. <laughs> but I, I think it was really good. Um, I mean, I think anybody, if you're looking for something negative about Jordan, you weren't going to find it there. His production team was involved. So you knew it was going to be kind of all about Jordan and, and putting him up on this pedestal. But overall, I thought it was good, too. I think it was good for you know, the millennial basketball fan who's only grown up with LeBron and Kobe to kind of see those stories, obviously, you know, heard about MJ, but never seen any of that footage or those stories there. So I think it puts a new level of respect on his name for that, that those types of fans. But I think it, again, just raises that debate with LeBron. 
Do you think he comes out? Do you think MJ comes out of this looking better or worse than than going in? I think better. Um, I mean, yeah, they told some stories about how he used to get on his teammates and things like that and about how he was a dick, but you have to be at that level. But yeah, oh, yeah. ultimately, I think he comes out looking better. And I think that was the goal, too. I mean, yeah. if you're Michael, I think you def- there was a strategic to releasing this. I mean, they just released a pair of retro Jordans with it, too. But I mean... They had said that MJ decided to make this documentary after LeBron had won the finals against the Warriors and came back from three to one. So people had started to put LeBron into that GOAT conversation. And I think Michael kind of wanted to to level it out there and show that he was still the top dog. But well, he's he's beyond competitive. So beyond competitive. I, I don't doubt it. But like he I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a there's a like 45 minute piece that was like an NBA TV thing. And it was done. Let's see. It's. 2020 so it was done like 2013 so seven years ago mm-hmm. and it was just a sit down with uh mj and ahmad rashad oh that'd be and, good and basically like it, it's almost like a preview like almost like a pre uh preamble of, of the, the last dance uh, of the last dance because it was like i mean they go through like uh they talked about like stan van gundy calling him a con calling him a con man oh sure yeah like all this stuff so like I remember I watched that in high school, and I was like, "Damn, MJ was that badass." Yeah. And Ahmad but, uh, had all the access there. Yeah, that yeah. Dude was dude, living life. Ahmad Rashad, he's he like, was the man there. He went from he went from being like the best. I mean, how good was he at football? I mean, he was a Pro Bowler with the Vikings and went to Oregon, yeah. and he had a solid NFL career too. But I don't think he, when he left the NFL, anybody thought he was going to become the inside man in the NBA. Right. Right. Have those. I mean, just imagine hanging out with Michael Magic and like the stories that guy has has to be unbelievable. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just watching something with him, and he was saying, he was like, "Did you?" Uh, somebody asked him, "Did you learn anything in the last dance?" He's like, "No." Yeah, didn't learn a thing. Uh, he lived through it. Yeah, I'm he's sure like, he heard all those firsthand. He, he, apparently, he watched it with MJ, and they just sat back. They just sat back really? and laughed, and were like, <laughs> and, and we're just like, uh, you remember when this? Remember when yeah. this? And it's like, damn that that has to be that's like another level of insider that is just yeah, it's so like unfathomable. Uh, I can only imagine the amount of shit Michael talked about Jerry Krause to a modern oh, shot. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> dude, Jerry. So is Jerry Krause like? Did you come out of it thinking he is a genius or did you come out of it thinking he's an asshole? I mean, regardless of how you feel about Jerry Krause, and they definitely portrayed him to be a villain, when you look at it in writing, he's a GM who won six championships and yeah. put together that team too. And every GM is going to think there's a time for rebuilding and everybody's going to question whether that was the right time to blow it up. Do I think he handled everything the right way? No. I mean, there's no way Scottie Pippen... and. You know, to be fair, Scotty signed the contract, but he yeah. was drastically underpaid. And I, I don't think he showed the level of respect that your players, when they give you six championships, deserve. But at the end of the day, he has six rings. So yeah. I, I think they definitely portrayed him to be that bad guy. And he definitely came off like that. Yeah. Well, and like, it's crazy because he's, I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's more just like a conduit to Reinsdorf. Yeah. So like, Very true. Reinsdorf did, was the one that didn't want to negotiate Scotty's deal. Yep. So... If there's any blame there, it shouldn't be on. It's not all Krause. on Jerry Krause. No, it's not all on Jerry Krause. And, but. and if you look at Jerry Krause's story, it's, it's pretty amazing. A guy who had no experience with basketball was a baseball scout, yeah. and then jumps over to the NBA, even though you know some owners were telling Reisdorf no, and then ends up winning six championships. That's pretty amazing in itself. So yeah, he he came off as a bad guy. He probably did some things wrong along the way. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, I think Chicago doesn't have those six rings without. Krause putting together that team. Yeah, when and I think like uh, what what I said from the beginning was like my, MJ got drafted in '84, Krause jumped on board in '85. Yep. So the only person on the team that won all those titles that he did not construct, yep. quote unquote, was MJ. Yeah, and and, it, and of course he was the star of the fucking show. Yeah. and so like I'm sure that didn't do him like didn't do Jerry Krause like any favors upstairs you know what i mean like it it was like i'm sure between his ears he's like well he's the best player and i didn't even get it you know there had to be something there where there's some resentment or whatever but oh yeah and i can only imagine he felt that more too when mj came back from uh his retirement the first retirement and then they won three more titles too it it really just kind of proved that he was the missing piece there yeah yeah it's so crazy that mj did you believe the stuff about um that it wasn't a secret suspension and that like 
so yeah there's a lot of conspiracy theories actually yeah. in the last dance i didn't i i don't believe the secret suspension one no as much i think you know it, it's fun to believe there for a second i don't believe that one has as much legs the one that i think is utter bs is the flu game the pizza story oh really i in my mind uh and again to each their own but in my mind there's no way i think that was a hangover game 100 you think so yeah i mean if you're the chicago bulls this can't be the first time somebody's ordered food from the hotel how many people we said it wasn't from the home wasn't from the hotel yeah yeah but yeah. Uh, like ordering food to the hotel oh, couldn't yeah. be their first time no and how many you know people when you order food is like hey i'm ordering a pizza it's for michael jordan like who, yeah. who's gonna say that no and who's gonna at a team hotel have it delivered to the individual room rather than meeting in the lobby too yeah and and after all these years and the story's been so blown up we've never found out the uh the utah the salt lake city uh pizza place nobody's yeah. ever come forward and said that they were the delivery guy or knew anything about I that in michael jordan yeah and so <clears throat> i think it's a great story but i think there's no way that they called and said hey it's a pizza for michael jordan they need to do that it doesn't yeah. get picked up you know, do I think Michael might have had a little too much to drink and ordered a pizza throughout the night? Yeah, definitely. But yeah. I think he was just really hungover. But I, I mean, again, it, the flu game sounds a lot better. But yeah, conven- I mean, no matter what, it's still it's impressive better than saying, shit. Yeah, like, oh, 100%. And it would be a great story if he came out now and said, yeah, I was hungover the night before the finals. Yeah. But at the time, you can't say, yeah, I was on a bender the night before the finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, against... The jazz. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the jazz, right? Mm-hmm. It was that year. Yeah, yeah. Yep, in Utah, Damn. Stockton and Malone. Yeah, they were no jokes. So. Dude, it it's like when I was watching that, it was crazy how intense the Utah fans were. Because you you yeah. picture Utah, you picture like you you picture a bunch of people sitting crisscross applesauce yep. in a tent watching basketball. Yep. You you don't picture them like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're crazy. crazy. Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely insane. were. Yeah, and I mean. That's the only thing out there in Utah, though. Only professional true, sports team. True. And yeah, I think at that point, Stockton Malone had been there 10 plus years. And I think they were just ready. But yeah, those Utah fans are crazy. They, they didn't even have the Olympics yet. <laughs> <laughs> They've been riding that train. They've been riding high on that for 18 years. If you ever meet anybody from Utah, that's the first thing they say. Yep. Uh, I'm from Utah. We had the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, that doesn't surprise me. But um, no, do you, yeah. I, I thought the last dance was was done really well from like start to finish. Oh, it was yeah. like they addressed I mean it did what what it needed to do, mm-hmm. which was just I saw I saw a lot of complaints about people taking issue with them not going into, you know, Jordan going to the Wizards and then owning the Hornets, but that's what that wasn't the premise for the show. Yeah, it was it, the last it was, dance. It was focused on that last season. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought it was really well done. And, and for it. all intents and purposes, that was the the last time Jordan was Jordan. Like True. It, yeah, I mean he he was still Michael Jordan. He had some good games, good yeah. years with the Wizards. And the yeah, and he he did have some good games with the Wizards. He, it was impressive for how old he was, but the Wizards weren't doing anything. Yeah, they no. weren't you know top four in the East or anything like that. So pre John Wall, pre John Wall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, dude, it's it, I'm glad they I'm glad they pushed it up though. Like I'm glad they pushed it up from because it was going to be in June, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. I, I think another thing you got to give credit to is it was so well done on yeah. on a rush time frame too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also like it it surprised me like how long I because I guess like when I thought about it, I'm like, oh yeah, sit Jordan down for an interview, knock that one yeah. out. Sit Robin down for an interview, knock that one out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it shouldn't take that long. Yeah, but like it's crazy when you hear the director talk about it. Like I've watched a few interviews with Jason Hare, and he's like, he's like. It this was a process like four years in the making. Yeah, and and he did the Andre the Giant documentary in the middle of that. That's crazy. Yeah, to me. so he's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that guy, he's made some. It, yeah. The Andre the Giant documentary was super good too. So like, both of those like, he's a gangster director. Yeah, no, and I I you know some people were razzed and how it was put together and everything, but I think it told the complete story and then yeah. how it finished up in episode ten too. I think it all came yeah. together. I mean, could it have been? A deeper dive. I mean, yeah. just to, to get de- a deeper dive, you would have had to do a 20 episode. Yeah. Like it, See, that's that's the one complaint I heard, too, is what new information did we get? Yeah. Is, I, we heard from different perspectives, but, I mean, again, I think a lot of the stuff that happened back then was already public. So I think just yeah. hearing it from different people's perspectives was, yeah. was good enough. Well, that's, like, the first... Like, Michael Jordan was so different than, like, Magic Johnson. Have you... Have you seen? Do you follow Magic on Twitter? I do not. Dude, it is 
I laugh every time he tweets because it's, uh, it is just, it's the funniest thing because he is like, you can tell he like was, was very famous during the eighties when like there, there weren't long form podcasts like this. There weren't like, you never really got to see like the real human being and it was never broken down to that level. Yeah. It was like, it was like you did good morning America. You did today show, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, Magic Johnson, I, I'll uh, I'll connect these two here in a second. But um, Magic Johnson, it's so funny when he tweets because like he'll tweet about a basketball game like he's the official spokesperson <laughs> of that game. I'd- I'm like Magic, like we all. Like if if we follow basketball and and you're just trying to be like part of the conversation, you shouldn't say like impressive victory by the Los yeah. Angeles Lakers over the like <laughs> and it'll include the score like like very impressive victory at one at one sixteen to eighty five by the <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers over the Washington Wizards. Good game. Yeah. It's like okay, man, you can tone that down. Like you don't have to include every bit of crucial information. In he a, he in might a tweet. be doubling down as the uh, social media person for the NBA's account. It sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, uh, his, his, like his Twitter is just so like, it's so funny. Cause you can tell that like, I'm sure when you're around magic and when you're around him and in his presence, yeah. he's, he's larger than life. He's magnetic. Like oh, I'm yeah. sure has to be. Mm-hmm. he's, I mean, you don't get HIV without being a little bit magnetic. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't so, hang out at the Playboy Mansion in the, <laughs> yeah. in the forum so, club. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I I think if you were around him, you you would get that. Yeah. But it just doesn't translate. It doesn't on, come off that on way on Twitter because it's like, I don't know if he just doesn't understand quite what it is or how to use it or whatever. Yeah. But like, there's such like it's such a there's disconnect, a disconnect from, from the actual from the actual human being. Yep. And it's so like it's so weird, but. Um, my point on on Michael Jordan bringing that back around, uh, like Michael Jordan was like the first one where he grew up in the '90s where there was the internet, there was all this stuff like yep. sort of happening at the same time. So sure. everybody wanted as much information as they could, and it was like the start of information overload. And so like he was like the first huge huge celebrity of the '90s and like kind of of the new era of technology. And so I feel like there's such a difference because he like, there were times in the documentary you could really see the real, um, the real Michael Jordan. Like oh, when yeah. he was laughing at, at uh, Gary Payton or, or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, just like little things like that. Yep. So like you can see who the real MJ is, but like that, that's so different than, than what you get with magic. Sure. Yeah. In, that, in that form too. Uh, I think to your point about we seeing the real side of MJ, I think, one part where that really came out was with if they asked MJ uh, if he was concerned about coming out as a bad guy after this oh, show. Yeah. And, you know, he went on for a few minutes and the answer was really scrambled. He didn't really have a coherent answer. And you yeah. can tell he just got frustrated with it. And that was, you know, a real moment. But, yeah, I think I don't think there's been a documentary, a 10 part documentary about no. any other athlete where you've got the insight. Like you feel like you were there and well, you really know what was going on. Yeah. When it's like magic was probably the same way, but yeah. it's like just a different era. And, yeah. Yeah. And he was able to kind of play that off as like, I'm, I'm just magic, man. Like yeah. it's like, there wasn't the, there wasn't the behind the scenes access that there was even just 10 years after magic. Like when yeah. Michael was playing, like it, it's just so crazy that like, and and of course, like he's not going to be portrayed as this saint, sure, you know. But like, you can't be. Yeah. No. If you're going to be the leader, the head honcho of a team yeah. like that that wins six championships, mm-hmm. there's no way you can be like. Yeah, you got to pick. You're not your going to be like, hey, buddy, like, yep. mm-hmm. let's go win a title. And I don't think anybody's expecting him to no. either. Yeah. No. So I don't think anybody was surprised by that in the documentary as no. well. No, and I don't think that makes him a bad human being. Like, no. I think he's. He's a good, like, one of the things that I kind of noticed was he's very, like, and it was brought to attention was, like, he's very loyal. He's very, he was very family. Yeah. Like, he was very kind of tight with his circle. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't hate on that. And no. He just has and no he, time for anything else. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could tell he was a good guy. He kept his circle close. You yeah. know, he looked up to his security guards and said even Gus took on, like, a father figure role with him, yeah. too. So you could tell, you know, that he has a good heart, but... At the same time, going going to your job with the Bulls and everything—it's a job, and your job is to make everybody better. And yeah, you can't always do that by being buddy buddy. Yeah, no, it, and to do—I mean, to get good at anything, you can't be buddy buddy with everybody. No, R- yeah, li- like it just is not possible. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to keep everybody happy. No, no, and and there's no 
there's no way to keep there's no way to try and also keep yourself sane yeah uh, it's y- like at some point you just got to be like fuck it yep yeah here's the larger goal it's yeah. an nba championship you're either on board or you're not but yeah we don't got yeah. time to wait around yeah but uh no I, I am really glad that it came out like it it helped the time pass i think a so lot. like during this covid st- yeah sports nonsense. fans are struggling <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're, they're posting i saw sports center today posted a, a video of uh of a baseball game in Iowa with a tornado in the, the tor- Yeah, I and saw that. I'm like, okay, they're really scrapping the, yeah. scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Omar, if you're hearing this at Sports Center, you are struggling with yeah. the social media game. But yeah, get your shit together, Omar. I saw uh, they also posted a Steve Kerr highlight video, which was all of seven clips talking about how he was underrated. And I love Steve Kerr to death, great coach, but the man averaged six points for his career. Let's yeah. not be posting highlights of him. Yeah, <laughs> when. That was another thing. Like, did he, did Steve Kerr warrant an, like, an, an episode like he got? I mean, yeah. I know he's a big figure now because he's the Warriors, whatever, but like. I, I think he, I, it's, it's a crazy story what happened with his father and kind yeah, of his no, it is. And, and it was good to, like, that was the first time I had ever heard that. So I guess that was good. And, and he, I mean, he was definitely worth mentioning too. I mean, he hit the game winning shot and, yeah. uh, and, in 97, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you had the whole scene where MJ and him got into it in practice and, he was definitely a key player on that team. The one player I thought should have been featured more was uh, Tony Kukoc. Oh, they, yeah. They, they mentioned him early on with the Dream Team, but not much after that. Yeah, dude, they terrorized Tony Kukoc. Yeah, and to no, no fault of his own, but, no. yeah, I mean, you know, Michael was looking out for Scotty and vice versa there, yeah. and that comes back to those guys just not liking Krause. Yeah, but, Jerry Krause. And, again, Krause should have played his cards better there. Those guys yeah. just won you a championship. Like, let's not be touting this European prospect who hasn't played overseas yet. It, they had won back to back at that point, right? Yeah. Yep, correct. Yeah. Did um did Kraus like so do you think Kraus came out looking better or worse than going in? I think he came out looking worse. I think there was a lot of people going in who didn't know who Jerry Kraus was. Yeah. And didn't know who the GM of the Bulls was or anything like that too. And he definitely came out looking worse. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess that is true because like when I started watching it I, I knew Va like mm-hmm. I, I'm not the biggest basketball Most fan. Most people I knew, have heard the name. Yeah, I, I knew I knew of the Bulls and like that whole their whole story or whatever. Yeah. But like I didn't know all the behind the scenes, like the the executive team and all that. I was thought I was just thought oh the Bulls Phil Jackson. Yeah, that was like my my thought. So like hearing Jerry Krause, like I the, the thing is they all give him credit. Like he gets mm-hmm. credit throughout the whole thing. Yeah, they're like he put together an amazing team, but. It was like just the way it ended was was crappy. And I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't think, and I don't know, again, I don't know the relationship between him and Phil, but yeah. you have a coach who wins you six championships and he's going to be the most sought after coach if you let him go. Why, why do you, you know, force him into his last year and tell him he's not coming back? I have a theory. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Dr. Bus got in his ear <laughs> <laughs> and said, hey, 82 games, he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean... Probably not, but no, I, uh, I just, well, let's get that started. Every, everybody online, start <laughs> that up, start that up. It was, it was Dr. Bus with the Lakers yep. and Jeannie Bus. Jeannie Bus had her eye on Phil Jackson. <laughs> she wanted that. It, it, it was a, yeah, it was an arranged marriage from the start there. <laughs> that was the first step. So yeah. five championships along the way yeah. were just a bonus. But no, dude, it, it, like it really helped kind of get through quarantine and like the, kind of switching gears for a minute like the uh this whole covid nonsense is to me it's been just like we've talked about this before where like for us it's kind of just a big pain in the ass and we haven't really we haven't really seen like much loss yeah it hasn't it hasn't really affected us firsthand yet yeah not firsthand but like now i mean we're in iowa and like now they're starting to like lift where do you think the the line is of like lifting these restrictions and also maintaining like like sure. maintaining some of the measures but also like you know getting back to life yeah and that's what i struggle with most is finding that line yeah. um you know for me personally it's easy to say because i'm still working remotely and everything so it's it's easy for me to say you know stay at home public health is the most important thing right now. You know, if I was unemployed right now and I needed to get back out there and to work and I had a few kids, it would be a completely different story. So I see both sides of it too. And that's why I think it's tough for, you know, the politicians, the medical experts, everything like that, because, you know, there's two sides to it and it's just walking that tightrope. At what point do you open? At what, you know, 
people are concerned with the economy too and it's just a balancing act there well i think like for me at least where i where i get frustrated is it seems like a lot of people are confusing flattening the curve with eliminating the curve yeah. and like i think those are some unrealistic expectations yeah and and it's not just going to be like we all can just hunker down until this thing goes away yeah. because like it's impossible to because like th- there is going to be a certain amount of loss with anything like this like mm-hmm. a, a pandemic like this but like the the thing that i don't think is getting enough attention is like what what loss is there other than loss of like health loss of life sure yeah that, like there's also going to be like people who are going to lose their businesses, lose their livelihoods. Yeah, and there's like, already been people who. Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. there's. I mean, there's bars in Des Moines who went out. Yeah, and so like, how long can you like? How long can the government be the one that tells us like? At yeah. at what point does it does it fall back on the individual? Because I feel like at the at the beginning, it, it was like a lot of individual responsibility like sure. people were going out and hoarding toilet paper yeah. like that's when it was kind of like at the individual level yep then at some point the government got involved and said okay we need to stay at home we need to take these measures and all this yep at what point does it get back to the individual yeah. and like and like if you're like it, for me like i know i'm willing to take more risks than a lot of people who maybe have underlying conditions and that's or, what i've heard too is yeah, yeah. like if, if you're elderly you have underlying health conditions you know it's best to stick at home and, and that's what i've heard too yeah it's again just when does everybody else want to get out there too and you know if you open everything up and you get people back out there you get the economy going you're gonna have a second wave and so then it's just putting those two up against each other yeah. is it worth it and it's just like when is the second wave gonna come yep and how bad is it gonna be because mm-hmm. like if it I think a second wave in July would not be nearly as bad as a second wave in Oct- or second or third wave That's in October, point. November. Yeah. I never even like, thought about that. So to me, it's like I, the, all the science is showing that the, the um, warm weather is going to help it. And, and it, as it does with all viruses sure. or anything like that, like yep. the warm weather is going to help. So like at some point, we, there's got to be that Venn diagram crossing of like, we need to have a little bit of warm weather and like give ourselves the best chance of getting, of minimizing the second wave, yep. and, but also like make sure we're ready as a, yeah. so I don't as know. A it's just, it's a fine as, line, but like, yeah, it's just, structure. Yep. yeah, it's just a pain in the ass. And like, I, I went to the gym for the first time yesterday and I, I wish I could say that, I mean, I, I have less anxiety now than I did two months ago. Like, oh yeah. Totally agree. Even a yeah. few weeks ago, I have less anxiety now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's like, and I think it's because, like, at this point, like, I know a couple people who have gotten it and got or at least know of them. Right? Yep. Maybe I don't know them really, really personally, but, like, I know a few people who have gotten it and gotten over it. And they're like, oh, it was like I wasn't, like, dying. I was yeah. just kind of, like, sick or whatever. And But the problem is, is you don't know how that's going to be for everybody. Yeah. And exactly to your point there, I you know, so many people are asymptomatic too. And I think the big problem is testing right now too. Yeah. They, they gotta, at some point it's going to be, there's going to be so many, like right now we're under supplied with tests. Yeah. At some point that there's going to be a, a swing back the other way. There's going to be an overage of tests where you can just get them. And like, that's where, I don't know. That's where it's to me, like we need to get to that point because yeah. once there's an overage of tests, then it becomes way easier to, because mm-hmm. one thing that I don't like is we're getting to a point now where you have to treat everybody like they're like they're a leper. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like you have to treat everyone like everybody has it until proven not. Right, and yep. it's like there's got to be a certain there's got to be a certain point where you you go from everybody has it until proven not to they don't have it until they're proven they do. Exactly. You know, like it just. And that's how I've tried to look at it. I, I mean, try to maintain distance, obviously. Yeah. But, like, at some point, you can't stay social distance forever. I mean, you can say sto- social distance, but, like, again, it's social distancing, not isolation. Yeah. So it's just, it, again, it's a really fine line. It's a really fine, like, it's it's just... I don't know. It's unprecedented right now. We're all trying to navigate through it. I mean, it's something we've never seen before in our lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... The, the closest thing that I can think of is like H1N1 yeah. 10 years ago, but... Not even on this scale, no. though, yeah. Th- they said I had H1N1, or I don't know if they said I did. Survivor. They said I'm, 
It said I might have. So I'm, I'm hoping I did, and then that'll hopefully give me some antibodies. I was going to say, you're I, I got the 10-year immunity. Your immune system has to be next level right now. <laughs> no, dude, I, um, I used to get sick a lot, like in, in high school and college. But then, like, once I got out of college, I, re- I really don't get sick that much. Like, And I think it had something to do with jaw surgery, like, once I had jaw oh, sure, surgery. Yeah. And because part of me thinks, like, I was I couldn't close my teeth. Mm. And so, like, when I was sleeping... I was breathing with my mouth open yeah. a lot. So like more susceptible there. Yeah. So I think like you just, I mean, I don't know if that has something to do with it. If, I mean, there's probably a doctor out there listening that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, will prove that wrong. You but, know, gift's going to hop on here next time yeah, and I, talk about I why need, you were wrong. <laughs> I need Dr. Gifford on me, but, uh, but no, like it, I just don't get sick that much anymore. So like, it's hard for me to be like, and, and I got the flu really bad a couple years ago to where like, not, not to where I was going to die or anything, but like, <laughs> but like I was just, and it was while I was at, at Central, and so I was in a dorm room, and I had the flu, and I'm sure my roommate was yeah, not. Yeah, Connor, we'd love to get your perspective on yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I had the flu, and he was just, I, he was looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, get the hell out of here. But, uh, but no, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard because like, I know that I know that I can probably fight it and be fine. But then I then again I also know that like there's other people that can't fight it and won't be fine. Yeah, and I think that's something you gotta con- like consider too. Is yeah, that's where the personal response. That's where the exactly the onus on you comes in. Yeah, if you go out, you might be fine too. Yeah, but you know, you see your parents, your grandparents, anybody yeah. else too. Right, I'm keeping my distance from zero. parents and grandparents right now. Like I'm until I mean, I was just with my parents for two months, and so like. Um, which, which, by the way, when when we were texting, setting this up last night, doing this podcast, uh, I was getting deja vu because it was we we had this basically the same conversation two months ago. We because you were gonna come on like right when I started this thing. Yeah, and then and then Paul oh, vanished. I Paul oh, took off like a fart in the wind. Just <laughs> poof. Yeah, but uh, no, it it was just it was a crazy like everything happened so fast. It like did. it was like. I had all the I had all these plans to like do things the way I wanted to do them, and yep. then all of a sudden it's like none of that's happening. Like we had heard rumblings of it through January and February. Dude, you were one of the first people who like <laughs> you were one of the first people who was taking it seriously. And yeah. I, I remember because I came over to your apartment and I was like, I was like, what is this Corona? Like what is this coronavirus? I hear kept hearing about it in China and like. I was like, it's not going to get here, right? And then, and then my next thing was, it's going to hit the coast first, <laughs> and uh, and it did. I mean, obviously it, it yep. did, but like, um, no, you were like the first person who was like legit taking it seriously, and I was like, and I was like, maybe there's something there, and then, and then uh, turns out there was. <laughs> well, I just saw the precautions China was taking, and I thought, man, if China's not fucking around with it, it must be pretty serious here, dude. China. And, yeah. What do you think about international travel? I mean. That shit had to be here way before they said it did too. So yeah, dude, like I'm thinking back, like around Thanksgiving time last year, I, I was like, I, I had a cough and like, the cough didn't really come until like Christmas time. But like from, from then I I had like I could tell I had like tightness in my yeah, chest. Sure. I don't think it was. I mean, I, I hope. To say that, yeah. I hope it wasn't COVID. I mean, yeah. I, actually, I kind of hope it was. <laughs> You're over mute it. now. Yeah. yeah, you got H1N1 and uh, COVID. Send me out there. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, like that brings me to to another point. Like, people like us, we're 23, 24. The best, like the we, best case scenario, we get it. We don't give it to anybody, and we just get over it, and then we have the antibodies for it. Yeah, that's best case scenario for everybody because, like. The people who can fight it should get it. Yep. But the problem is, is when you get it, you can't spread it to anybody. Yeah. Who's uh-huh. at risk? Exactly. So that's where the like that's where it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. But like, I think like best case scenario. You and I were saying that last month. We were saying let's let's freaking get this thing and get it over with. Of course, yeah. you know, hindsight, we'd probably be regretting it. But no, I understand what you're saying. Well, it comes we back saying, to that herd like, immunity. We were saying that a month ago. I think if if we had gotten it a month ago and then we'd be over it by now, right? Fingers think, crossed. Yeah, yeah. Either either over it or dead. I mean, as Paul would say, ideal human specimen here. So yeah, no I mean, issue with the uh, the corona. Yeah, I'm an ideal. I have the ideal human physique, number one. <laughs> but number two, um, yeah, I also have the ideal immune system. I'm I'm taking my Vicodin slash 
vitamin D. Yeah, I was going to say, we got pills laying on the counter here. <laughs> no, uh, Chan just came over and I had a, I've been taking these vitamin D pills and they're, they're these little white, they're just little tiny white pills. Yeah. And, and they kind of look like Oxy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I had one sitting on the counter and he saw and he's like, you, uh, you having some fun over here? And, and, uh, so let's make that clear right now. Nothing is being abused. <laughs> just vitamin just D. Just vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's good for the immune system. But, uh, did you see, did you see the stuff kind of switching gears again? Uh, did you see all the stuff with the call her daddy podcast? I did. We are covering all the important topics here. We today. are, dude. <laughs> dude. We're all over the place. That, that, that should be, fuck the name of the Paul show. This should this podcast should be called All Over the Place. We just got to keep the intro the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> P-A-U-O, Paul. But, uh, oh, dude, I don't know if you saw, but my last episode, I mean, before we get into the Call Her Daddy stuff, uh, my last episode was, it was called Tales of an Elite Athlete. And um, I, have some, I have some tales of Paul of the Elite Athlete. Yeah, so I, on that podcast, I told the story of uh, the, the infamous two-out, scandal Ooh, yeah that i was so, lucky enough to be a part of that yeah yeah uh so yeah let, let's hear that from your from your perspective yeah um honestly it had to be a low moment in my life i was the one pitching and <laughs> paul comes up and laces a single in into left field and i'm feeling pretty down about it <laughs> runner was on first so we get him out going to third but, but, preface this by saying yeah. by explaining just what level of athlete that you were well, doing that, with that's you. true so you know paul and i we'd grown up next to each other i uh you know my sitter grew up right next to paul shared a fence so we grew up in the streets playing baseball football whatever sports together too and you know paul was always the guy that brought a lot of hustle and <laughs> chemistry to the team and uh when when paul stepped up to the plate i thought all right we got one out right now Let's take care of this guy, get to the top, and get back in the dugout. Because well, I, was, I was betting clean up like last. <laughs> yeah, he was cleaning up the eight spot there. <laughs> and uh, my dumbass throws him a fastball first pitch, and he laces that into left field. And uh, my, my strategy at the time was close your eyes and swing. And, you know, me being the great pitcher I was, decided to throw it right where his bat was going. <laughs> And so we had a runner on first, and we ended up getting that guy out at third on Paul's hit. So two outs now. You know, Paul must have just got up from the bench, was a little groggy, but he thought there was three outs. <laughs> so he starts walking to the dugout while there was only two. And so we throw it over, and we tag him out. And uh, I remember we're in majors, so probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And I look at Paul. Paul just got tagged out after getting a hit, you know, had a great hit, just got tagged out on a mental air. And he takes off his helmet, and he goes, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> It was the it was the highest moment of my sports uh, my sports career, followed by the lowest moment <laughs> of my sports career. It was a it was a quick turnaround. You know what? But, but but then I was uh, I was back to the dugout, grabbed my glove, and went and fell asleep in left field but, again. But Paul, so Paul was a multi sport athlete. Don't let him <laughs> just think that he was a baseball player. I've seen Paul get hat tricks in soccer. Uh, I I, uh, I I did talk about that. Did as you well. touch on that? I did. Yeah. I, and I also talked about my strategy of uh, blocking the goalie. You know, I that is. I don't know why more people haven't tried that, but score a hat trick. Next time the goalie stops your shot and is trying to boot it out, just go ahead and hop in front of him and pump block that thing. Use your body. Yeah, no, you, use your you body. Do, you got to dive. You got to <laughs> use your body. Use use the tools that you have to your disposal. Oh, no, that just reminds me. I have a, you know, maybe for a separate podcast, I have a ton of stories growing up next to Paul. That was, <laughs> that, that taught me to grow up quick. <laughs> <laughs> taught you to grow up quick. Uh yeah, we'll save that for another one. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> but uh, but no, so the the whole call her daddy stuff. Sure. Basically, for for anyone that doesn't know, basically they're they're a barstool sports entity property, I guess you would yep. say. Mm -hmm. And now they're they signed it. They signed their deal with Barstool for three years, which again they they signed a scotty pippen deal yeah yeah uh, they probably shouldn't have signed that but it, again they probably couldn't have seen that it was gonna like blow up like blow that. up like it did so exactly. it blew up now they're to the point where barstool owns their their mm. media property yep and now they're they're having to like they're in a fight and they're 
They probably should be making more money, but they're yeah. contractually yeah, stuck they're, in they're it. both making like half a mil. They should be making like a couple mil each. Yeah, well, I, I heard it might even be less than that, but yeah. It's, really? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I half a mil. I, that was a rough estimate. No, I but think yeah, I, saw, but I understand your point. Yeah. There. They should be making four times what they're making now. But yeah. So they yeah. basically went to Barstool and they have a whole bunch of other offers too that, uh, you know, are going after them. But if you're Barstool, obviously Dave's not wanting to let them out of their contract for it too. So they've basically stopped creating podcasts. Yeah. Are they are they just going to like ride it out? Yeah, I've actually heard there's been some drama there too. I don't know if they're sticking together or not, but I've heard there's been some drama between, you know, Sophia's boyfriend and the group and oh, really? just everything. Yeah, so Dang. I guess he's a big big hot shot at HBO and I guess he's kind of been in her ear about, you know, you should be making more money, kind of branching off, but well, First of all, there's when I see that, I'm seeing that as as like obviously I'm I'm in the podcast space. Yep. So like I I don't think it's I don't think it's any like crazy thing that I I want to get to that point where exactly where yeah. I have offers like that. Um, my thing is like I don't know why you would ever sign away ownership yeah. to something that is your brainchild, something that's your intellectual property, and then sign that over for a, for like they signed it over for seventy grand. Yeah, I completely agree with that. One hundred percent. Why would you do that? Yeah. I, and, and I understand signing the contract and producing podcasts as, you know, a publisher, an affiliate And, and getting the rug Barstool. from Barstool. Yeah, yeah exactly. I get that. But owning the actual content and like yeah. you said, the intellectual property. You I have to work out that deal where it's like, it's like. I don't sign if I don't have that. Yeah. No, no, no. If you don't have ownership and if I don't have the right to walk away at any point, mm-hmm. like that's why like I, that's why the idea of this was so fun to me because like nobody can tell me a, what I'm going to produce what kind of content I'm going to create. Nobody's going to tell me what, um, you know, where I have to go with it or anything like that. It's all on me. And like for me to give that up, that's a, and and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to kind of see from their perspective where, where they're coming from. So like from their perspective, I don't get it because like for me seeing that I'm like 70 grand, would that be nice? Sure. Yeah. But like, uh, I, I would hope that if I was in that position, I would see the seventy grand nugget mm-hmm. and dip around it. Yeah, and, no, and just, know and what just it's going to be worth eventually. And just hold on to it because, like, if you're, they essentially devalued their content. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Like they they devalued just by signing the deal. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's awesome. You're you're doing a podcast. You're making a full. Yep, you're affiliated but, with Barstool. Yeah, you're in your twenties. You're making seventy grand. That's more than, and you have a really cool job doing podcasts. Yep. Like that's awesome, but like at some point you have to be able to stick it out a little bit longer and, and wait for, instead of a $70,000, wait for the 700 K offer from, you know, something you can still keep your value and your equity in what it is. And like, I don't know. Now they're losing out of the money because they're not producing anything either. And they have one year left on their deal too. So I understand you want a bigger deal when you sign the deal, you know, they were essentially nobody's and Barstool signed him out on a whim and it turned out it worked out great for both parties. I I can't speak for caller daddy now since they're not producing, but yeah, you have one year left on your contract Obviously, I can't speak for him, but why not, why not produce shows until your contract runs out and then yeah. go to the highest bidder? And yeah. It's just it, like I, I look at that and I, I just see a cautionary tale. Like yeah. it's just it's it's so insane to me that like you would it, at least this is me in 2020, May 18th, May 19th. Uh, it, it's so insane to me that you would just sign away your intellectual property because yeah. that's like like a media property like mm-hmm. like what that is that, that's all you have yeah like that's you, literally you, all they have yeah mm-hmm. you, you have no like yeah like i i did an episode about about like physical investment in a podcast and it's like i'm all in on this thing for 400 bucks like yeah 450 so it's like you have no like real assets like physical assets mm-hmm. unless you have a studio or a building or anything so like you Science, own what you produce. Yeah, signing yeah. away the media, that's just, that's suicide. I mean, you're basically signing away whatever you create. The yeah. only, your product, you're signing away your product, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, for you, it just, it doesn't seem smart to me to say, okay, I create this product, I create this, this content, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get a, I, like, I'm going to get a sliver of the, of the revenue. Yeah. And they're going to get the, they're going to get the main piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> and I, kind of going back to the Scotty Pippen thing, this all just, when you sign a deal that is like this, that you haven't vetted and you haven't really thought through all the potential options, this is what happens yeah. too. Like, I mean, you can look at it from the Bulls and Barstool's perspective. Like, you guys, they signed him to yeah. a favorable contract from their perspective. Yeah. And they signed it. So, yeah. I think because at the time point, of signing, it's favorable for both. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, if you leave yourself no the, out yeah. and no room for upping that, you know, your take from it, then you leave yeah. yourself up. And I'm not against, like, I'm not against signing those kind of deals. Like, signing a deal where, like, you know, you're on a platform or whatever, yeah. but like, again, it's the ownership part and the, and the term, yeah. like the term length is the big one. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can sign a three year deal, but is the bigger bet to bet on yourself. Like, like, yeah, you'll always bet on yourself by shining, signing a shorter deal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, people get scared and they don't want to, yeah. they don't want to test that. And see, that's where like, I can kind of see it from their perspective yeah. being nobody's at the start of it. Yeah. And you know, you might want the security of a three year deal, but when you get to year three and for example, and you're, you know, making substantially less than your, your top worth, 10 podcast. Yeah. When yeah. you're substantially making less than your worth and then you want to renegotiate, then it comes back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that though, did you see that, did you see, uh, Joe Rogan just signed? I did. Exclusive with Spotify. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude, mm-hmm. that deal is a hundred million dollars. That's insane. And that's it's insane. all going to be exclusively. He's getting off YouTube. Yeah. He's getting off iTunes, iTunes, which the iTunes, the iTunes podcast app, especially when you have a, a library like his, where it's, where it's yeah. thousands of episodes, it's not the best. Cause you sure. can't like, I don't know. And I don't know what Spotify is like either, but, um, that's a groundbreaking deal though. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. like that. That's, that's going to be, be the trend. That's going to be the trend. It's going to go, you're no longer like, like when I put out a podcast, yep. it, it goes to iTunes, Spotify, All Stitcher, SoundCloud, yep. like it goes everywhere. Joe Rogan just made that not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Like it's going to, it's going to be, it sets a you, precedent for yeah, all you're going to be, you're going to be in on this platform. Like some people are going to be iTunes. Yeah. The platforms people. are going to have the same feeling too, where yeah. it's one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Because like uh, Apple doesn't want to sh- like, yeah, th- they don't want to share with Spotify and Spotify mm-hmm. doesn't want to share with Apple. Makes so sense. it's like, yeah, it, it makes all, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for all of them involved because at the end of the day, it's a licensing deal. Yep. It's not a, again, he's not signing away ownership. He's not signing away. It's cr- just a channel through which rights. he promotes it. Yeah. You know? It's mm-hmm. it's like, it's just distribution. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's still, he's still in charge. He's yep. still the, um, the head honcho, but like, there's no, there's nobody telling him like, I, I don't know. It just, it makes more sense to do that yeah. than to like sign on. I, I, it's, it's hard because I'm not in that, I'm not in that position. Yeah. But like, that's a that's a, it's a big move. It is. It's, it's a big move. I think it's gonna like, it's gonna change the the podcast space for a long time, like forever. Yeah, I think it, to your point, this will be the new norm. I'm just counting yeah. down the days until you sign with one of the other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm only I'm only. Uh, let's see. What he, episode are we on here? This is episode 16. This is 16. Yeah. Wow. I've been cranking them out. Yeah. Dude, uh, when I started it. One of the things that always stuck with me is is when I, first of all, you've been you've been one of the people who has been like thumbs up on the podcast idea from day like the yeah. very start. Like uh-huh. ever since I first brought it up, you were like, "Yes, do it." And then when I started like really working through the yeah. idea and like coming through it, you just said you got to hit them with content, content, content. Yeah, you just got to keep producing it. Yeah, uh-huh. and so like to me, it's been for me, it's just been like I got I got to sixteen and a month and a half yeah. almost. And so like, it's just been a thing of hitting them, like not hitting them, but yeah. like uh, no. just putting out content. And, and to me, I, I started worrying less about what the content was yeah. and just, and what, what I thought I should be doing and just, do what I felt like doing. Yeah. Like what, what I was thinking about at the time. It's more so about finding an audience than it is creating an audience. You know, yeah. you just put out good content that, you know, you like discussing and everything like that. You'll find an audience for yeah. it. So you just got to, the biggest thing is, you know, people get going and then they stop. You just got to be consistent with putting out the content. Yeah, dude. And, and like, I, it's been so cool. Just like having, being able to work from home has been cool for me. Cause it's like, it's like, I, there's no longer an hour of wasted time in my yeah. day of like, good point. So like now I have more, I just have more time to do stuff and 
think of ideas and I'm, more flexibility with yeah, it. Yeah, too. more flexibility. I mean, I'm still doing work. Anybody at uh, anybody at my work listening to this, <laughs> I am still doing my work. But uh, but no, it's just been it's been fun and like it's just been yeah. I mean, 16 yeah. episodes. It doesn't. Like it feels like I just did the first one. I, it really does. I remember listening to the first one too. I can't believe you're on sixteen now. That's insane. Yeah, yeah my and my plan was uh, once the whole quarantine thing started. My plan was okay. At first, I was like, okay, you'll probably get ten in before the quarantine stops. Before sure. like before I got back to Des Moines and started doing it yeah. the way I want to do it, and I was like, okay, so you got ten solo episodes. I was like, you can do that. And then, uh, and then I got to 10 and I was like, well, shit, I'm still here. I was at my parents' house. I was like, shit, I'm still here. And, uh, so then I was just like, we'll just, we'll go to 15. And so I did 15 and then I'm like, okay, we got to start. So 15 was the cutoff. So yeah, 16 starting, starting with guests. We're on a moral of the story. There's no shortage of content here. No shortage. There's, there's more coming. I'm hitting them again. But, um, but no, dude, this has been fun. Oh yeah, definitely 100%. This. Yeah, I'm happy to be the uh the first guest on the Paul show and hopefully not the last here. Not no, my last no, no. appearance. We'll, we'll do this again. We'll do this again. Good call. But yeah, we are at Does it feel like we just did 51 minutes? <laughs> I was going to say like 25. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, we just did 51 minutes. That's I, crazy. I looked over when we were like halfway through the last dance stuff. I was like, "Chan, wrap it the fuck up." No, I was like I was like, <laughs> "No, dude, I always struggle cuz like I look over when I'm doing it by myself and I look over and it's like it's like 10 minutes yeah. and I'm like, I gotta, like, I'm not, <laughs> I feel like there's not much more to say. Yo. And, but no, it was nice tonight being able to just be like, Oh, I look over and we're, we're only halfway through the list and, yeah. and this is like we're a, at 25 just minutes. Just a normal night for us here. I know this is, this is, this is literally like if you were to come over to Chan or I's apartment and just be a fly on the wall, this is pretty much the shit that we're talking about. Just a mic on in a front of us. Basis. Yeah, yeah. We're just mic'd up. Maybe a little more, robust yeah a little more detailed to give some context yeah i mean you don't get this perfect without any prep (laughs) a lot of prep a lot of prep yeah dude we'll have to do this again 100 percent. thanks for having me yeah appreciate you doing this oh yeah no problem all right everybody later